Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, September 18th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, I, I'm sorry. I was scrambling to get this script ready. I was distracted because even though I have barely watched any TV over the past year, I have been watching the Emmy Awards. We are uh, recording just after 845. And so far, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel has won pretty much everything. Although uh, the Fonz, Arthur Fonzarelli, Henry Winkler himself won an Emmy, as did Bill Hader. Um, we will give you all of the theatrically related Emmy winners on tomorrow's show. Uh, but so far... If you watch uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, it's been a good night. Amy Sherman Palladino won back-to-back Emmys after criminally being robbed for everything else in her career. Hashtag revive bunheads. <laughs> so uh, help us out with uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel for those who don't watch any TV. Oh. Uh, Amy Sherman Palladino you mentioned, okay? Rachel yes. Brosnahan. Yes, a Broadway Broadway alum, Rachel Brosnahan, and this is actually the show that Tony Shalhoub had to leave the band's oh, visit. That's to do. right. I knew it rang he a bell, plays, and I, could, I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. Yes, he plays Rachel Brosnahan, Midge, Midge Maisel's father on the show. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan's character is a very well-respected uptown um, Jewish young um, wife and mother in the 1960s or early 1960s until her husband um, leaves her in the pilot episode, spoiler alert. Uh, And then uh, through a series of events, um, she finds herself intoxicated on the stage of a downtown comedy club. um, And it realizes that, oh, wow, she's really funny and good at this. And then has a chance encounter with um, some famous comedians from the past. I won't spoil anything, but it's an absolutely wonderful show. Lots of people you know before, not just Rachel Brosnahan and Tony Shalhoub from from Broadway, but a, a really, really great show. And it's Amy Sherman Palladino from Gilmore Girls and Bunheads um, and a producer of Violet on Broadway with her Bunhead star Sutton Foster. So um, just really, really nice to see a show like that that's on Amazon um, and, and is a really female empowerment show do so well now and um, really recommend that if you haven't seen it. All right. So uh, getting what's due. Amy Sherman, Sherman Palladino. That's what uh, she's getting her due now. And first up in the news, the Broadway league reverses course and will dim all lights for Marin Maisie. Yeah, James, it seems like the public outcry helped change some heart and minds over on that committee of theater owners as they have reversed their decision to limit the number of theaters that will be dimming their lights in honor of the late Marin Maisie instead of the originally announced six. Now all of Broadway's 41 houses will dim their lights. Originally, the honor was to happen on Wednesday, but instead, I guess they need two extra days to figure out how to flip the switches. The honor will now take place on Friday at 6.45 p.m. for one minute. As a reminder, three-time Tony nominee Marin Maisie passed away last Thursday at the age of 57, following years of battling ovarian cancer. She was nominated for her performances in Passion in 1994, Ragtime in 1998, and Kiss Me Kate in 2000. Her husband, Jason Daniel Lee, is currently co-starring in Pretty Woman on Broadway. And as we mentioned on yesterday's show, Pretty Woman will dedicate its performance um, to Marin. Originally, it was supposed to be on Wednesday. I have not heard if that will be changed to Friday to coincide with the light dimming, uh, lights dimming. But either way, a nice gesture on behalf of that production. So, James, the real question here is, after Dim for Joan and, and uh, Kyle Jean-Baptiste and Jan Maxwell and now Marin Maisie, and I'm sure I'm forgetting people in between. 
do you think that the league and this relatively newly formed committee will finally learn its lesson and just do the decent thing the next time they face they're faced with one of these decisions rather than trying to be you know, I don't even know what they're trying to be because I really don't understand their thinking. But do you just think they'll do the, the good and decent thing next time they have this 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 situation present itself? No. <laughs> OK, great. I'll uh, keep my soapbox out just in case. Uh, well, you know, they, they have to, you know, uh, what's the sunlight is the best disinfectant. You know, uh, mm-hmm. they have to be transparent about this, uh, you know. Get out there and make some rules and stick to them and publicly say this is what we're going to do rather than this ad hoc type of, uh, you know, fire drill every time something happens. See, to me, that's actually – to me and – not thinking I haven't really thought through what the process should be. But to me, that's actually the word the the wrong thing to do, in my opinion. I don't think it should be a scorekeeping type thing where if you have this many shows or this many nominations or, you know, this many Twitter followers, the lights should dim for you on all of the theaters. I just feel like it's one of those things where it's such an easy thing to feel instinctively. And yes, that might open yourself up for some pockets of people, but if you're doing it on a scorecard thing, I, I think you're going to miss out because who would have anticipated Kyle Jean Baptiste, um, you know, his untimely death leading to a in an upswell of support in his first, I think it was his first Broadway show and he was a standby. So I think it's just it, it's less about here's the procedures, here's the rules, here's the boxes that somebody's career has to check, and more just about reading the room, figuratively speaking, of course, because the people in that room don't seem to be able to do it on their own, and just saying, what does this person mean to the community? The the people on this committee should be incredibly insightful and knowledgeable people about the theater community, and they just seem to be so tone deaf when trying to figure out what the people who've passed away really mean to the community at large. Uh, I understand what you're saying, and, and I'll th- I'll throw it back to you in, uh, you know, tonight is the Emmy Awards. Uh, during mm-hmm. the Emmy Awards, are they going to have an in-memoriam section? Yes, of course. You know, the in-memoriam section, every year there is a slight or somebody's left out or somebody's like, why was that person put in? Was that political and things like It's such a hard thing. Uh, yeah, you I, know, for- I, I think that, you know, organizations need – you know, policies, procedures, rules, and things like that. And while I can appreciate what you're saying about reading the room and feeling the pulse of the of the community, you know, you know, eventually we're going to go down this road where we're going to have to dim the lights for Stephen Sondheim, and we're going to have to dim the lights for Angela Weber, and we're going to have to dim the lights for, you know, uh, incredible luminaries that uh, at one point or another, everybody who has listened to this broadcast and who will ever listen to this broadcast, including me and you at one point, are going to pass. And how is it going to be handled? So um, I think it's – I think that you have to have some sort of guidelines in place, maybe not hard and fast rules, but guidelines in place that is a starting point. First off – you watch your damn mouth when you speak about Stephen Sondheim passing away. I will not let that ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> but secondly, yes, uh, of course, uh, you know, the, the argument always was from Charlotte St. Martin that, well, we have to be careful so that it doesn't lose its import. Look, there's something about that that just rubs 
me the wrong sure. way and sticks it in my craw. Of course, the you know, look, if we're comparing the impact that someone like Marin Maisie had uh, on the community and Stephen Sondheim had on the community, it's apples and oranges. I, I get that. But that doesn't lessen the import that Marin Maisie had to the people who saw her perform. You know, if that means that we dim the lights once a week because somebody passes away, I don't think it would have to be that maybe once a month. That's fine. If you want to keep the the houses dark for five minutes for Sondheim or Andrew Lloyd Webber, if and when that ever happens, I hope I'm gone before that. OK, or dim them overnight. It's just it, it just feels unnecessary to make it a combative situation when somebody dies, when you're saying, nah, they don't deserve it or they only deserve it in three houses or six houses. It just seems like you're inviting problems. When you don't have to just, you know, there's no reason to get people pissed off at Broadway because of this, especially because the people who are going to get pissed off are the people who love Broadway. So just find a way to not appease. And I'm not saying do it just to appease people. I'm doing it. I say doing it because it's the right thing. And I don't know what that answer is. And I'm not a theater owner and they'll never ask me to be one and I'll never have the money to be one. But it just seems like finding a solution that is acceptable to everybody shouldn't be that hard. I agree. All right, let's move forward into last week's Broadway grosses. All right. So last week was mostly a pretty good week uh, on Broadway, even if as a whole, the receipts were down with the closing of straight white men and Springsteen on Broadway going dark again. The total box office dropped about three quarters of a million dollars, but 25 of the 29 shows on Broadway actually saw week to week increases. And of those that dipped, they were all pretty modest. Only one was over $50,000, and that was Mean Girls, and it's doing fine. As a whole, Broadway's grosses last week were $28,771,784. The three shows that closed on Sunday all saw increases, so good for them. SpongeBob SquarePants added 224000 bucks to finish above $1 million at about $1,053,000. Carousel added $205,653 to cross above. 753k and getting the band back together picked up almost 60k to finish with 255,805 dollars for its third best week on Broadway. Hamilton was of course atop the list with 3,201,498 dollars, followed by Harry Potter just north of 2 million. Then it was uh, followed on uh, in the seven figure club by The Lion King, Frozen, Wicked, Dear Evan Hansen, Mean Girls, Aladdin, Pretty Woman, My Fair Lady, The Book of Mormon, Come From Away. And the aforementioned SpongeBob and James, I, I love the producers of Head Over Heels. I don't know what they're doing or necessarily why they're doing it, but apparently reportedly they keep finding new people to infuse money into the production. I have no idea why they're doing it. I can't imagine it's to actually somehow thinking they're going to turn it around and recoup at this point. Um, but they're doing something and they're keeping it running and I admire their commitment to this show and how much they obviously must love it because the show grossed just $232,000 last week. And it was just at 26.3% of its gross potential. Now keep in mind that likely many of these shows that saw increases saw it at least in part 
due to the two for one Broadway week deal. So we should have another week of that coming up a week from today. But it'll be interesting to see what happens after that. Shows like Once on This Island still looking a little a little soft. Waitress um, did pick up a little bit um, with Nicolette Robinson in the lead, but not tremendously. Um, Anastasia, beautiful uh, kinky boots all have to start wondering about their long term future as well, James. Did you want to talk about the rumor slash speculation over at the Twitter machine? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, all about that. Um, uh, our our friend David Levy um, works at Actors Equity. He's been on this show before and some other shows uh, on Broadway radio. He apparently got a survey, um, as I often get as a, as a theater ticket buyer, uh, apparently, which said something. And I'm trying to find the tweet. Um, nope, no, that's not it. Anyway, um, he basically said, uh, you know, a, a producer is interested in what you would think about a Broadway transfer of Carmen Jones. Now, if you remember, this uh, production of Carmen Jones took place at the Classic Stage Company over the summer. It was done in the round, directed by John Doyle. Very minimalistic set, starring Anika Noni Rose. Um, I raved about it after I saw it um, on this show and in other shows. Um, and what that would indicate to me, James, is that if they do come to Broadway, it was done very, uh, you know, simplistically, minimalistically, almost no sets whatsoever. And it was done in the round. So I can't imagine it going anywhere other than uh, a circle in the square. So with, you know, uh, once on this island continuing to be south of five hundred thousand dollars, which is their reported break even point. You have to wonder, even with the Tony win for best revival of a musical, how long can Davenport and company will keep it going? We also still don't really know what Town is doing because it originally started in the round. A lot of people originally thought that it would want to come into Circle in the Square, but it's Canadian out-of-town tryout was done on a proscenium stage. The upcoming one at the National Theatre in London will be done on a very large thrust stage. So it actually is kind of part proscenium, part in the round because it'll have people on three sides. So people really aren't sure where that wants to go. So it'll be interesting to see what actually happens with um, this, this CSC production of Carmen Jones. I, for one, loved it. I think Peter and Michael both loved it, James. So if it came to Broadway, I have no idea if it'll be a commercial success but I'd love to see it again. Hmm. And then uh, we also saw, uh, uh, I guess, uh, more advertisement than an announcement about everybody loves Jamie's hitting the theaters uh, here. So mm-hmm. I, I wonder if we're going to see that uh, this season, next season, deeper into the future. All right, Matt, what else do you have? Okay, first, some sad news, especially I feel bad doing this the day after we talked about how much we love Jan Simpson so much. Um, But one of the TV shows that she is a part of theater talk yesterday announced that after 26 years, it would be leaving the air in a statement. The show's producer and longtime co-host Susan Haskins said, quote, as many already know, we left our longtime studio CUNY, CUNY TV at the end of last season. The new interim executive director there no longer felt comfortable giving our independent production at birth at CUNY TV without taking over editorial and creative control. That didn't work for us, so we moved on. Over the past few months, my co-executive producer, Stephen Dolliff, and I looked for a producing partnership elsewhere that offered us both great production services we could afford and that essential creative and editorial control. 
nothing we explored fit the bill. So, James, this is such a uh, important part of the theater community for so many people and in a way that a lot of people have access to theater news and discussion um, outside of New York, because even though it is or was a CUNY broadcast um, and was available on public television in and around New York City and state, it was carried on a lot of uh, cable channels. I was able to watch it down here, um, depending on what my cable service was in Florida. So really sad, a, a really uh, you know disappointing turn for a production and a show that many, many people loved and relied on. And I'm sure that we don't even really realize how uh, valuable it was uh, until it's gone. Yeah, uh, Susan talked about their their deep archive of of uh, rec- of recorded interviews and, oh, yeah. so and things like that. Uh, that they're trying to figure out how to make that available, and uh, I I can't imagine that this is the last chapter. Maybe it's just intermission. Mm, that'd be nice. All right. We've got some other news here for you, James. Next, the Roundabout Theater Company announced yesterday that Tony Carlin has stepped into the role of Lewis in the world premiere play Bernhard Hamlet by Teresa Rebeck. He is replacing Paxton Whitehead, who has had to depart the production for health reasons. We, of course, wish Whitehead the best. Uh, Carlin was the understudy now stepping into the role full time. Next up, the National Asian Artists Project and the Prospect Theater Company have announced a partnership for a third year to present a special one-night-only concert reading of the aforementioned never-to-pass-away Stephen Sondheim's Into the Woods. This one will happen on Saturday, October 20th at 7.30 p.m. at the Gorgeous Time Center, directed by Stephen Ng. This is amazing. The show will feature Anne Harada as the witch. Man, that sounds incredible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Raymond J. Lee of, of many shows recently of the Groundhog's Day uh, will play the baker. Uh, there'll be many, many other people in the cast. You can check out the full cast in the show notes at broaderradio.com. Now, finally, James, did you watch the Mary Poppins Returns trailer? I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> that was going to be my question. <laughs> How many times did you tear up? Um, if you haven't seen it yet, which I'm shocked that you're listening to this and haven't seen it, yesterday Walt Disney Studios released an all-new trailer for Mary Poppins Returns. That movie, of course, will be hitting U.S. theaters on December 25th, Christmas Day of this year. It's directed and produced by Rob Marshall and stars Emily Blunt as the titular nanny. Some guy named Lin-Manuel Miranda plays not Burt. Um, ben Wishaw and Emily Mortimer play the Banks children. It also features Julie Walters and Colin Firth and Meryl Streep and features small appearances by Dick Van Dyke and Angela Lansbury. Um, it follows Mary Poppins returning to uh, to get back into the lives of and to help the now adult Banks kids. Um, so, James, the, the word on the street early on was not so great about this. And I've talked about that before. But, man, that trailer sure looked fantastic. Oh, there's so many companies that make great trailers. I'm hoping that this is as good as the trailer. Uh, What a great trailer. What? Yeah, and very rarely does does Disney miss? I mean, Disney doesn't miss that often. I mean, they're a billion dollar, you know, printing machine. Like they can just roll out a movie and it's gonna make a billion dollars and usually with good reason. So I'm optimistic. Of course, um, it is a musical, even though you barely hear uh, much singing in that. But the score was written by Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman. So knock on wood, uh, hopefully it'll be good because, you know, normally I love Mark and Scott, but 
Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was uh, their most recent work. Um, but I look, it's got a cast like that. It looks gorgeous, if nothing else, which is what you want from Mary Poppins. So, um, you know, I wouldn't have had a problem if they decided to use some of the songs from the Broadway show. They're not, of course, because this is a sequel happening years later. But I'm, I'm very optimistic that I think this is going to live up uh, to the expectations set up by the trailer. I don't think the music and lyrics are the problem with Charlie. Anyway, so uh, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? Man, between that and your takes on Carousel, I can't imagine what you're getting to. All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on, what's the common denominator there? Uh, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. We didn't talk about Be More Chill. Oh, we'll have to do that tomorrow. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us. And Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Oh, yeah, you saw that. Yeah, you saw that, didn't you? I forgot. Thank you.